Hello everyone, I'm Dahlia. And I'm Alma. This is Nightmare on Fifth Street, a horror movie podcast. like mess me up weren't you yes because i was telling you not to get distracted and i thought i would distract you to test you so she was telling me not to get distracted by her cats see ha i mentioned them she said if i see them don't say anything about them you gotta pretend like they're ghosts they're not there just they're not there what do you mean because you never know yeah you pretend they're not there when you see a ghost because then you know they won't want to play games with you but they want to play games. No, you ignore them. As soon as they see you and you acknowledge them, they're like, oh, I'm going to haunt your ass. And then you get haunted. But you just finished saying they want to play games. What if that's all they ever wanted to do was play games? You don't know if it's a good game everybody... or a bad game. <laughs> what, what's it, a good game? I don't know. Checkers. <laughs> they could want to play Uno. You know? Oh, yeah. The Uno is bad because it always brings yeah. out the worst in people. <laughs> yes. And they have haunting power, so they'll get you. They'll mess you up. So okay. no distractions. All right. So <laughs> I will ignore your cats, even though I already heard one meow. I will ignore that. You have a huge thing of coffee right now. No, I got a regular size today. And look what it says. What's it say? I love the smell of the smell of horror in the morning. I was trying to read it backwards. I love the smell of horror in the morning. Oh my God. You should know that by heart. It's one of the uh, perks. Yes. Oh man, I can totally hear you drinking that coffee too. Oh my God. Gulp, gulp. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of our perks from our membership. I like the way you said you were trying to read it backwards though. <laughs> Because, you know, you see it. And even though you know something, like if I'm reading my shirt, I'm looking at it backwards. So I'm like, good guys, you know, it's <laughs> in reverse. It could say good guys or good gays. Either way, that's a good shirt. Either way, it's an awesome <laughs> shirt. Okay, so uh, today we are going, what's that tick, tip tapping sound? I keep hearing something tap. It's not a big deal. I just keep hearing it. Um, See, yeah, I told not you not to get deal. easily distracted. I know. <laughs> I, don't have I, any said, noise up here. I said it, it's not a big deal. I just keep hearing it. It's not going to distract <laughs> me at all. Not at all. <laughs> it could just be one of your cats playing around in the background. It's not a big deal. Now They're that I'm asleep. I, they, okay. So That's I think your I ghost. Last, I think yes, you kept saying that was a noise. And, yeah, and I didn't hear it on the audio, but I don't have good hearing. But I have two sleeping cats, so there's nobody here. Oh, it's see, I acknowledge. I acknowledge the ghost now. See, I'm oh, gonna well. see it. What's that? Ah! Yeah, that's exactly how I'm gonna react to it. Ah, oh my oh gosh! No. Carry <laughs> on. Okay, so this week we are discussing the Bride of Frankenstein. Now we originally did the Frankenstein, the Frankenstein, like the way I said that, the Frankenstein. The Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> Frankenstein. Do you remember when we did that? Ooh. I don't know, but we definitely covered it. And it wasn't a Patreon that we just did like a regular 
episode about Frankenstein. Or hmm. maybe it was a Patreon. I, should, I probably okay. should have done a little bit more research on this. I just thought you would remember. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't know I remember well, everything. So I'm not well, even we did cover it. it. That's the thing is we did cover it because it's it's one of my favorites. I love it. And I always talk about how much you like watching what's his face throw um, Dr. Frankenstein <laughs> off on the top of the bill. Was that a real person? You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really good. So this is the direct sequel to that to that yep 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 mm-hmm. and uh okay before we start getting into movie i was already gonna start getting into it why don't you uh share director writer all that good stuff oh righty um the director the director is a james well who also directed frankenstein um from 1931 this movie the bride of frankenstein was made in 1935 it was, uh, of course, based on the novel by Mary Shelley from 1818. Um, and this film was written by William Hurlbut. Hurlbut? I hope I pronounced that correctly. And okay, is we've got some of the, the same people back. We have Boris Karloff back to reprise his role as the monster. Colin Clive um, reprising his role as Henry Frankenstein. But we have a new Elizabeth. They got rid of that old girl because she was old on that screen. Was I doing a good old timey accent? Yeah, so now we got, <laughs> now we decided to get a nice, uh, a nice girl of the age of 17, which is not creepy, not creepy at all. Not Go creepy. <laughs> so Valerie Hobson is playing Elizabeth. Uh, the movie does open up with like a, a, a small part with Mary Shelley talking to her husband and Lord Byron. And Mary Shelley is played by Elsa Lanchester. Douglas Walton is Mr. Shelley. Um, Gavin Gordon plays Lord Byron. And in the film, the um, I don't know if we have a lot of the people returning other than like the two main people, but we do have new characters. Ernest the Thesiger as Dr. Pretorius, Una O'Connor as Minnie, and she was the comic relief and she was great. I loved her. She made everything so dramatic and fun. E.E. <laughs> e. Clive as the Burgo Master, uh, O.P. Heggie as the Blind Hermit, and yeah, those are the main people. Yeah, and uh, I found this on Prime. I'm sure it's available other places, but all the streaming services I have, it was not available. I checked each one individually, and I'm sure it's free, maybe like on YouTube. Sometimes they put it free on YouTube. But you said there were no no other that you could think of returning characters. Well, there is mm-hmm. one very famous returning role, and that is the little girl that drowned in the first one. Her name is was Maria, and she came back in this movie as a, one of the group of young girls. And we can get into that later as far as what young girls. But interestingly, uh, James Whale, uh, instead of just having her in the background as one of the young girls, um, he gave her a speaking role. The only thing she says in this is, look, that way she can receive uh, more money than if she was just a background extra. So I thought that was really sweet because, first of all, she came back for you know another small role. The other one was, you know, more obvious but this one it's like you know she gets to say look and she gets to get paid more money that was cool and these movies are legendary so she could i don't know if she's still alive because it's so long ago no why'd you have to be so depressing (laughs) oh my god this movie is so so old (laughs) well you know what it's pretty cool who doesn't know these movies and who doesn't know um, the bride and just it's it's like an iconic image that's burned in our in our brains like we can see her 
So the movie begins with uh, Mary Shelley, like Alma said, sitting around um, talking. I like the way she's sitting there knitting or no, she's not knitting. She's crocheting. I never know the difference between these things, but uh, they're obviously acknowledging her, her, her smash hit Frankenstein, <laughs> Frankenstein's monster smash hit. I love the way, but anyways, they're discussing her book and she reveals that the main characters of her novel survive. Dr. Frankenstein, goaded by an even madder scientist, builds his monster a mate. That's the short summary for this one. Although I do want to say real quick that Dr. Frankenstein was not actually a doctor. Um, he was, no, he wasn't. He dropped out of medical school because he thought there was nothing more he could learn. So in, if I remember correctly, in the movie, I don't know if they did in the first one or not, but they don't ever refer to him as doctor. It's, uh, what's his fucking first name? I always forget. Henry. It's Henry. Henry. But uh, uh -huh. uh, whatever. Anyways, Baron. I Baron. That's it. Baron, well, his father's the Baron, isn't he? And then so he's a lord. Well, I don't know how those ranks work. You know what I mean? They're all kind of made up yeah. anyway. But yeah, his <laughs> father is like a has a more kingly title or whatever it is. And then like he's underneath him. So he just has like money too, because he's got like that badass castle and everything. And he doesn't have to work because he's already learned everything he has to. He has a castle. It's pretty cool. <laughs> like, what is he even trying to be a doctor for? You I know, know right? <laughs> uh, but it, it just goes to show they're always trying to play God over here. Um, and he's literally trying to play God in these movies. Um, yeah. Oh, of note, though, um, Mary Shelley, when she's talking at the beginning, her book isn't published. Um, so it's not like a world famous book at the time. It is. It's still waiting to be published, but they're like, it's the greatest book that will ever be published or whatever when they're discussing. Oh, OK, it. I missed that. OK. Yeah. And it's great because I love that opening sequence, because in some of the old movies, it's like a play. They all like work out like a play. Like you can see that it's kind of a stage and you have people and we're just watching and they're forward facing and they're telling us stuff. But Lord Byron takes the time to kind of recap the first movie, if you haven't seen it, and gives us the intro by discussing um, pretty much the whole plot of Frankenstein, the film. And do you want to read it? I wrote what he, how he had summed it up. Okay, yeah, I'll read it. Uh, so I may trip over the words here, but this is what Alma wrote. So Lord Byron, what a setting in that churchyard to begin with. The sobbing women, the first clod of earth on the co on the coffin. That was pretty chill. <laughs> uh, Frankenstein and the dwarf stealing the body of its new made grave, cutting the hangers man from the gallows where he swung breaking in the wind. The cunning of Frankenstein and his mountain laboratory, taking dead men apart and building up a human monster so fearful, so horrible that only a half crazed brain could have devised. <laughs> These what the description, and then the murders. The little girl drowned. Henry Frankenstein himself thrown from the top of the burning mill by the very monster he had created, and it was these fragile white fingers that penned the nightmare. Yep, that's Lord Byron right there. The words that come off of his pen. <laughs> I like how he said they roll off his the back of his tongue. I think that's how the expression is. That's, you know how yeah, awful that, we are. yeah, that's yeah, the expression. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's close enough, close enough. But yeah, and then we get into into the film. I just love that home, like the interior. Every every shot, pretty much of this, 
it's like it's supposed to be like a hundred. I wonder if it was factually correct of the time period because you're talking about this movie was made like 110 years or whatever after the book. So I wonder if they, you know, if it looks the way it's supposed to look in the movie, because I enjoyed it. I know they have outside shots and everything like that, but there's so much in the setting and especially the one we'll get into with bringing um, the bride to life. That is just, that part's like magical. That part is so cool. I'm just sitting there like, wow, it's as fucking amazing but the castle itself is like i could i wish we could like put on long white robes and and walk around slowly in our castle you you know but the drop you know it would have been too much probably (laughs) no i get it i get it i I think it would probably i can't talk it would probably be hard to be factually correct as far as the time uh period just because i think nowadays we can delve into that research a little bit more but i think Back in 1935, there weren't as many, um, I don't know, much research being done. They just wanted to put out this really pretty picture out there. And sometimes the um, the research was not uh, the priority. Because they didn't have history back then anyway. They didn't have history, you know? Like we you started writing class? it down way later. <laughs> yeah, like they, didn't, they didn't go to history. Like what were they? I don't know what they learned. They Mary Shelley was over here learning how to crochet and knit. And, you know, <laughs> what kind of classes did they have? I don't know how to put out a candle properly. And oh my God, I don't know. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. my God. Oh, my God. OK, so, so had you seen this movie before? I don't remember ever watching this before. I don't. And I, I know I've seen the scene, like the scene from the end. And that's probably what I paid attention to before. But I paid attention this time. Hardcore. And I think I already heard a little bit about how you felt about this movie. Um, but uh, I had seen it before. It's been a long time. So I couldn't remember all the little details. But as I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah, I do remember this part. Um, so and then, like you said, the very it's very iconic. So you see like you see it a lot in the background of movies, too. So you could have seen this movie without realizing you've seen this movie just from watching it through other movies. So um, that's another way that many of us probably have have remembered this movie. Um, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, It's only 75 minutes long, though. It's really, really short. Like one of the taglines I think even mentioned or, or maybe not a tagline, but talking about how it'll be the it'll be the scariest or the most horror filled whatever two hours of your life. The final edit was only 75 minutes long, actually. So uh, it's really short. So if y'all haven't seen it yet before y'all hear us spoil it, you know, press pause on this and go watch it. Or if you just want to spoil it for you because you know what happens in the end, listen and then go watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the director's cut is two hours long. So if you can find that, rent it, um, you know, buy it, then you can get all the deleted gore scenes from the film. And um, some body dismemberment and a lot of the blood that was edited out. That is really, it's like, it was listening to me hardcore. And I'm like, I just made all that up. It's well, I was going to say that (laughs) I was going to say that um, this movie was actually banned in a few countries. One of the countries, uh, Universal Pictures decided to not even send it there. I wish I can remember off the top of my head because they're like, oh, I don't like all the the cuts they want us to make so we're just not even and then other countries were just like yeah we're not going to show it at all um 
oh god i wish i could remember the one country because the other countries that decided to pull it but the one that universal was like practically like fuck you we ain't gonna cut shit out of this um they just <laughs> they're just like they pulled it from that country um so let's see uh okay so obviously this movie uh is from universal pictures and let's go ahead and get into it let's get into it so after our intro which was just pretty much a recap the villagers have shown up for their bonfire party weren't they all really worked up calm down everybody well rightfully so the father of the little girl who had drowned from the first one, he wants to make sure that the monster is dead. And I get that, but there's like a crowd of very angry people. And how many people did he kill? He killed the little girl in the first one. Um, we think Henry is dead. He gets yeah. hauled off and, and they're really iffy about it because the way they're talking about it, I'm like, so is he alive? Is he not alive? But they just basically want to make sure the the monster is gone. And then the Burgomaster, uh, Meister, or however you want to pronounce it, there's two spellings, is like, okay, let's go home and let's just go to bed now. And the um, they get confirmation that the monster is dead. But one little nosy lady, Minnie, who runs the house, the head housekeeper of the Frankenstein castle, uh, she is more curious and haggy back and the monster is not dead. So Henry's carried off to the castle, Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe not dead. And he's supposed to go beat his fiance, who they were supposed to get married. Man, Frankenstein monster really ruined his wedding day, huh? Oh, I think he kind of ruined it himself. It was his own fault. Um, oh, that's you missed true. the part. You missed the part where Frank uh, Frankenstein's monster actually kills the dad of the little girl that he accidentally drowned. And oh, the yeah. wife, because <laughs> <laughs> he goes in there again, like Alma said, rightfully so. Um, he, he goes to check that that he's actually dead and when he climbs through he falls in and fucking monster uh drowns him and then the wife i don't know if the wife came through i can't remember exactly how but oh she was I at just, the top of the of the and hole he like, in the ground or he like tossed her he tossed her and she's like boom boom you see her like her body just like go down go down go down like hitting each little step on the way down and she dies mm -hmm. too so he that's like insult to injury first it's like oh accidental drowning that's sad that is really sad but and then this family this poor family just wants to mm -hmm. go make sure he's dead and he's like you know what fuck you he drowns uh, it's so hard to feel I'm so bad because I'm on Frankenstein monster's side yes. most of the time most of the time <laughs> I am but then he does shit like this I'm like couldn't you just let them live they, Dahlia they... it's a sequel he has to up the body count but everybody, it's, it's so much like the elephant story you know the elephant in real life that killed the poacher woman and then came to the funeral and stomped her again that is is what this reminded me of. Like, it's overkill. Frankenstein, uh, well, okay. Why does he have a cooler name than Monster? We can call him Err, because that's all he says. And he he's just like, he doesn't even know who he's killing. But the thing is, he doesn't yeah. know Natalia. He doesn't know love or a sensitive. Not touch. yet. Not yet, at mm -mm. least he doesn't. Mm -hmm. No, we'll 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 find we'll find him meet up, uh, make a good friend later. Um, oh, that's, that part makes me so sad. Why am I jumping ahead? Okay. All right. So they take uh, Frankenstein off to his castle, as Alma described it. Um, and interestingly, I hear that tip tapping again. What is that? It's coming through the microphone. I'm getting so distracted. Uh, anyways, um, 
Yeah, see, oh my gosh. Okay, anyways, I remember thinking that his soon-to-be wife, his soon-to-be wife was being overly dramatic just throughout the scene. You know what it reminded me of? Uh, uh, Oh gosh, I can't remember the name. uh, Nosferatu. Um, remember how the lady was acting very dramatic and she was like had her fainting spells that's what mm-hmm. this was going on she was like very overly dramatic and just and then but I, I guess rightfully so but I was just thinking it was so funny she throws herself on Frankenstein and then and then they have a visitor and she's just like right away she stops and she like sits up like okay lady are you distraught or are you not were you faking it or are you not <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they they said at first, okay, let's take him. He, they act like he's dead. And then she thinks he's dead. And then he speaks. And then they said, he'll never walk again. And then he's walking. But in real life, the actor who plays him, Colin Clive, had broken his leg before this. So a lot of him in the film had to be featured with him sitting or relaxing. So maybe that was like the perfect role for that. But he got thrown from a very high distance and he looks fine or they make him appear to be fine. Um, I'm not sure also how things were done back then, but wasn't it scandalous that she was going to bed with him and they weren't I know, married right? yet? Oh, they weren't married yeah. yet! <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. It was a little scandalous. Um, but, okay, so we're seeing two things going on. We're seeing uh, Frankenstein's monster trying to hide and get away from everybody because he keeps being found and he keeps having to run from the villagers and I'm, I just keep yelling at the villagers like you weren't there you don't know what happened you just believe whatever okay but granted you know the stories are true <laughs> he's going around randomly killing people now and rightfully so they should be scared but I'm always like if you think something is so scary and will kill you why are you chasing it down so that it can kill you Cause I don't know. I think some of these people were just asking for it. I don't know about you, but <laughs> they didn't even run in different directions. They're just, they running in front of them. They're like, let me see where he's at. And then they run straight in a group. Like the mob of the people running away from the monster has no brain whatsoever. They're, they're definitely asking for it. Okay. We're team Frankenstein because like, go left, go right. It's like you have the whole countryside, but everybody is just like, being herded down one direction and that's why they get got. Okay. So back at the castle, I'm going to keep describing it as a castle <laughs> back at the castle. Uh, Henry is visited by his mentor. Um, I already forgot his first name, but Pretorius, Dr. Pretorius, um, who, if I remember correctly, had been either left or he had been thrown out of his, uh, doctor's office <laughs> look at yeah he got he got it. yanked he, he got yeeted from his his doctor practice i don't know what the <laughs> and then, i mean when you think about it you could have just said you were a doctor i mean like you could just hand write a little piece of paper that says i went to doctorate school and i'm well, a doctor technically technically he cocaine. is a doctor yeah well <laughs> technically he is a doctor he's just a shameful doctor now um, but then he brings out this, he, he like admires, uh, Frankenstein's work. He's like, Oh, I love what you did there with, uh, Frankenstein's monster. Uh, I'm going to show you a few things and I want to work with you. And Frankenstein is like, no, I was playing God. I can't do that anymore. He's like, well, let me show you what I got here. And then he brings out the freakiest shit you could ever imagine. Like if I was back in the thirties and I saw this shit come on screen, 
I would have been like scared shitless because he brings out these little, uh, I forget what you call them, but these little glass. They're jars. They just look like jars. Well, like they're stuff. They're like jars that you put like precious things in. And he brings them out. And in each one, I can't remember how many there are. There are tiny little people in each one. Like he's got a dancer. He's got a king. He's got a queen. Um, he's got maybe Let's a see that joker. Now the mermaid he's got a i thought he had a joker in there as well um there's this one part where uh he uses tweezers or something to pull out the king and the king is like anyways when he does that that part in the film i can't remember what country it was but they didn't like that because they thought it was making fun of oh it was japan it was Japan. They didn't like that because it made it look like he, they were making fun of a of a king. And at the time, well, still, I think, I don't know. I'm really bad with, with current history. But <laughs> no, they have a prince. They have a prince. Sorry. Uh, but at the time, I believe they had a king and they thought it was making fun of uh, monarchy. So just a nice little uh, tidbit there. But it was just like, it was out of every, the whole movie. That's the one thing you have a problem with <laughs> the taking out of the king by the little tweezers, but they're, they're also creepy because they're, they're trapped in these little tiny jars. And I don't know why that just, that's so creepy to me. Like, like little miniature, like they can like do it's, they can, they're do like fairies stuff. in a jar. Mm-hmm. No, no. Well, no, I'm not saying they evil. are. I, I'm just saying that the jar things are the way that they would show in film, like you put a little fairy in Oh, a no, no, like I get that, I get Tinkerbell. that. But it, if I was seeing it, I think I would have been scared because this that's state-of-the-art CGI, man. That's just fucking magic. And even Henry is saying, that's black magic. That's not science. And he's like, this is what my science created. It's not magic. It's that I can't create anything bigger than this or whatever it is. And... There, it's really strange because it came out of nowhere. And I'm like, is he telling the story of his experiments or are these experiments really there? And it was that part kind of freaked me out because it was like, if you think about it, this is the 1800s and he's supposed to be showing Henry tiny people that he created and it has in these little jars. They don't breathe, apparently, they don't need oxygen. And and then he has them in little sacks and they're just banging around in there. I mean, do they eat? Do they sleep? Um, the the conditions they're living under is just it's they're they're probably gonna be dead. And that's why he has them in the little black sacks so that nobody can see what he's doing. He's a bad dude though. You can tell uh. and Henry Henry's freaked out because he's like, This isn't good, whatever you're doing, I don't have anything to do with it. But he's like, But I need you so that I can make something for, you know, he wants to make a woman. He wants to make a woman and in that just like in that like a creepy dude to be wanting to make a woman i mean you've seen weird science yeah. and that was gross to me i'm like what even as a kid i like it's it's the 80s that's weird why are we making women to just get you off you creepo and so meanwhile that's when the monster right he is like just foraging in the woods and shit scaring people and he bumps into a man a perfect person because he can't see him because everybody's screaming because they're like oh hideous monster that's kind of rude though does he really look that bad uh yeah he kind of does no Um. (laughs) he just looks like he could have like leprosy for the times or something and that's not very nice screaming at people just because they look different 
they're bullies so in, pretty much. Well, you brought, <laughs> since you brought it up, interestingly, um, the makeup was looked a little bit different in the beginning of the movie because it showed him having gone through uh, everything that he had gone through a little bit. Like his hair was shorter because the fire would have singed it. He had scars on himself uh, or fresh cuts, however you look at it. Um, on, on his face because he had, like I said, just been through a lot. But over the course of the movie, the things start to heal because it's supposed to show that with the passage of time, he starts to heal again, which if you think about it, it's kind of creepy because he's already dead. He was made of dead things. And yeah. so that means he, he brought the, the, not just his heart back to life, like his tissue. And they also show him eating and drinking smoking so all of those things he did bring life is his mistake was that he did not nurture it like if you really if you if you think about it because he kept him like a monster he caged him and then the one assistant he had from the first film remember tortured him he electrocuted him hit him and they treated him like garbage and so in this one when he encounters the hermit is that like a real word, hermit? Because that's how they listed it. Um, in the woods, he lets him in his home and he starts teaching him language. And he's like, you can't speak and I can't see. And he calls him friend and he learns speech. So if you, it, it would have been, wouldn't it have been great? This could have been like a fairy tale movie where he creates life and he Aww. brings something, you know, and then they're best friends just living in the woods and stuff with woodland creatures and, you yeah. know, talking birds and shit. <laughs> well, that that's the part that's really sad because uh, I guess Boris Karloff didn't want the monster to be able to speak. Cause he, I guess it makes sense. You know, he, he doesn't talk. He's, he's dead or whatever, but uh, obviously he didn't win <laughs> that, that fight or that squabble, whatever. But um, uh, if I remember correctly, he had, if, uh, what's the word, the mouth prosthetics or something like that um, to make his mouth look a different way. Um, he didn't have that in the first movie cause he couldn't speak. So he has a more hollow kind of look in his cheeks but because um, he had them in this movie, the mouth prosthetics, his face looks a little bit more full, um, which it's all these little all these little things I find interesting, um, which could also signify that he's healthier now, too. Um, he's eating. He has uh, uh, he's healing. He's uh, making friends now. And he refers to the old man in the cabin as his friend. Like you said, uh, the the blind man is feeding him. He's teaching him words. He's being good to him. And just because of the person that he is and um, the Frankenstein's monster is loving this. And he, because of this, he's not like being lashing out or anything. There was a, a point in when during their meeting that um, uh the monster is afraid of fire, rightfully so. But the man is showing him like, no, fire can be good. And the monster's like, fire, good, bad. So he's like seeing that fire can be bad, but fire can also be good. Um, you know, it cooks your food, all these things. So he, it, it, it lights the, the cigar that you're smoking. It was all so sweet. I don't know, just we got to see him being loved almost. And, you know, the goodness from him, again, he did kill people. I totally get that. <laughs> the monster killed people. He, he accidentally kills, whether it was accidental or not. He kills a little girl. He kills her parents. He's out there mm. killing people. But the, he always did it 
either out of fear or by accident. It was never, that was never his intent to go out there and do that. Mm -hmm. Fucking Frankenstein created him. Um, mm -hmm. And in the worst circumstances, and now he's just, he's trying to live. He's trying to mm -hmm. live the life that he was given, which is really sad. Yeah, because he wasn't born. He was created. And the the big mistake, I, it's it's really what it is. It's like Henry acknowledges that what he did was all wrong. But the big thing here is that they're, I think they were really just trying to drastically show that he could have made something good, but he didn't because he didn't know how. And he had to learn that himself. And so, and it, it's really his soon to be bride is the reason that he got some sense knocked into him because Frankenstein kept, well, his monster kept trying to steal her and shit. <laughs> and he's like, but I love her and I want her. And therefore he knows what he did was wrong after people were dying. So he's learning, um, his monster is learning how to love. And so is Henry. Isn't that cute? His little baby monster. <laughs> His little baby monster. Um, in meantime, uh, Pretorius has, I think he blackmailed him. I don't remember exactly how, but he gets... He stole his woman. He kidnapped... Yeah, that's right. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I forgot she was kidnapped. Um, he kidnapped her and says, you're going to work with me. But here's the thing. As he continues to work, he gets a little too into it again, Frankenstein. Um, uh, so... Here's the part that's really horrible. Another horrible part. So Pretoria says we need a live beating heart because one of their experiments didn't go so well already. He goes, or a fresh, we need a fresh heart is what he said. And I think Pretorius knows exactly what his aid. He has this aid that is the one that goes out and gets stuff and does a lot of dirty work for him. And um, so he knows what he's going to do. He's not going to go to a cadaver and grab this fresh heart. The aide goes out there and he kills a woman and comes back with her heart. And Frankenstein looks over. I, I think Frankenstein kind of knew too. He's like, where did this heart come from? And he's like, oh, I paid this officer, you know, whatever amount of money for it. And they kind of look at him like, uh, what does it matter? Let's use it. He doesn't <laughs> I, care I because, feeling. yeah, yeah. I think he doesn't care because his, his own woman will be okay. He keeps asking like, is she okay? And as long as he gets his woman back, he's willing to create this mate for Frankenstein. And he has Frankenstein's monster. I keep saying Frankenstein. I'm so sorry for confusing everybody. He needs a name. So Pretorius has the monster now because um, some people fucked it up for him in the cabin in the woods. And so he lost his best friend, buddy, the hermit. And now he's like, I can have a woman. And I, Pretorius is corrupting him again because he's like, if I could just have love, if I could have this woman, a mate, then um, he will feel better. Like Frank, his monster won't have to be alone. Because he, but the thing was, he wasn't alone. He could have had his friend in the woods and he took his only friend. So now his only choice is to help this evil guy. And, and let's talk about this for a second. Where are all these evil people that you can buy for a dime a dozen? All these movies have a helper that is evil and will do evil things for you. Like when we were watching the house of wax, he gets two bad dudes. You know, we have this in the first Frankenstein movie. Uh, they have a bad dude everywhere. You can have a bad dude. If I had some henchmen, 
you know, maybe you should be doing some good. But then if you need henchmen, I guess you really just want to do bad things. Like if you're willing to, if they're willing to do anything for any kind of money, I think I'd be doing people's shit too. (laughs) Oh my God, you're horrible. (laughs) Okay, so Alma's laughing her little heart out over there. Um, So I found it really sad that Frankenstein's monster is like referring to this new woman that they're going to make as friend. He's just like, friend good oh he just he he depresses me so much he makes me so sad um so they go about making this woman and again very creepy though that the fact that they're making this woman as a mate this i don't know it just creeps me out because i i start thinking too much into it it's like they're making this naked woman basically and I, I don't know. I, I won't get too much into it. Y'all can imagine. It just really, really creeps me out that this is what they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, in the meantime, uh, Frankenstein, this happened earlier, but I do want to mention this. Frankenstein had, uh, he had asked for proof, proof of life that his girlfriend or, I don't know, she still wasn't his wife yet. They hadn't had time no. to get married, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, his fiance, excuse me, it wasn't his girlfriend, um, for that proof of life. And they get on phones. It's, it's like, that was the proof of life. I was he, like, he said it was an electronic machine and you'll be able to hear her voice. Did they not have phones in the 1800s yet? Okay. And they, but he called it an electronic device. And I thought that was interesting. Maybe it's supposed to be like a walkie talkie. And he gets to hear her and she's like, help, yeah. you know? <laughs> I, 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 I thought it was interesting because, um, yeah, like I think they had to acknowledge that they needed some kind of proof of life in the movie, but they it was at least this part like there wasn't phones like that yet, but so calling an electronic device made sense because you have uh two doctors, two well, not two doctors, but you know me, you know what I mean, like a mad scientist that could have invented something like this. So that's how they got away with it. People would be like, "Wait a minute, the phone has only been around for, you know, since I was a little kid." <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know. We've only had walkie-talkies since the war, the Great War. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I just wanted to add that because I I found it really interesting. Now, now we get to the part where it's uh, it's really I, I this this part is really really sad because again all he wants is a friend and we start seeing this uh I don't know she looks like a mummy it's so funny they have her wrapped up really good in these bandages I guess so she can start to heal and all this stuff because we don't know exactly how because they had bones they had yeah bones it of says a woman. she's made from two sets of skeletons and he creates it, but they don't show his side. So he's able to, uh, Pretorius is able, this is what I'm gathering from how he described it. He's able to create the flesh. He's just not able to bring it to life in the way that Henry is. So, but he made her from bones. Like, where's the tissue? He's like growing her in a sense. Um, because with the bell jar experiment with those people, he, he couldn't make them bigger. So I'm not sure what's missing, uh, but I guess we don't have to get too much into the science of it. It just he made or the a... black magic because he black did create magic those... woman. Is he did make those miniature people um, out yeah. of something. So I guess he mm-hmm. used that same concoction or spell or whatever the fuck it was <laughs> to make. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know either. <laughs> like we're just why are we trying to science this movie about bringing us? <laughs> his mate to life um you know what was funny you were mentioning some of the taglines earlier i'd put some of them up 
of them in the in our outline but it's telling you that they're going to make a mate even though it's like the last tiny bit of the movie and the whole movie is really not um to do with just her but the but that is how iconic the bride is is that that's really what most people remember is this beautiful bride mate but how come she gets to have a regular shaped head i won't get into that but it says like some of the taglines were who will be the bride of frankenstein who will there? And they put like in all capital uh, letters. She breathes, sees, hears, walks, but can she love? <laughs> and another more feel fearful than the monster himself. Warning: not for the young, the scary, the nervous. But if you enjoy thrills, chills, and spine tingling sensation, while your hair stands on end, see the Bride of Frankenstein. I'm like, that's a really long tagline. That, that was really a lot of information. <laughs> yeah. I also find it interesting that it's called the Bride of Frankenstein when it's supposed to be the bride for Frankenstein's monster. But Bride of Frankenstein so, does sound a little bit more succinct. And if you think about it, it is the bride that Frankenstein made. Frank so Jr. Kind of look at this. No, that's what we're going to go with. Frank Jr. It's Frankenstein Jr. He's like his baby. Okay. Frank Jr. That's his offspring. Okay. You know? Okay. And he we'll has start- to take care of him. We'll start referring to him as Frank Jr. It is a lot easier than saying <laughs> Frankenstein's monster. His monster. So they are doing their experimentations. They're going to bring this woman. Dahlia mentioned she's all wrapped up in all of her her um, bandages. And then I read there too that she was wrapped so tight she couldn't really move. And it was hard for her to breathe. So they had to carry her around like that. Yeah. You know how they did in the in the sh- the the shows, the what are they called? Like the dance musicals where they carry the women around, yeah. you know, and they plop them down, you know, that kind of she thing. Also, she also did what you and I do when we travel or when we go to concerts. She dehydrated herself so she didn't have to go to the bathroom. She, because, yeah, that's really it. Because otherwise she was going to have to take her dresser to go with her and have to be redone and all that stuff. So, yeah, she she drank very little water so that she didn't have to go to the bathroom while she was all bandaged up like that. Um Okay, what you were saying about the head, I have a, I have an idea as far as why that happened. Um, in this case, it was Pretorius that created the looks, I think, of the woman. So I think Pretorius had a better handle on that. But it was Frankenstein who was the one that had the knowledge to bring her to life. So that's why before Frankenstein did all the building of the man, you know, Frank Jr. over there. But uh, Pretorius is the one that actually put together. Oh, that sounds so gross. Put together this woman. So I think maybe that's why the head looked different. But then we get this fantastical hairdo, which is like it's the iconic uh, uh, look of the bride here, um, which I love. I love the way she looked. And then, of course. The uh, Bride of Frankenstein was actually played by the actress that was uh, played uh, Mary Shelley in the beginning. So that's really interesting. So she got to play two different roles on here. Um, yes. And they didn't credit her off on purpose so that you wouldn't know it was her, like in the in the end of it. So it just lists her as Mary Shelley and not listed as who it has like question marks for who plays the bride or the mate and they need to stop using that already they're really gross and creepy he made her and he's like making this woman and really it just didn't seem like he was making her for the monster i mean what is he getting out of making a mate for the monster it's it's just weird so that the actress herself was only five foot four 
and they you should they see her in the gorgeous gown and then i just imagine those creepers took off all her bandages and then got her dress ew so that but the dress and and her look she's gorgeous she's stunning um she had to wear stilts and was seven feet tall with the stilts on oh and i didn't know she, she was looked- that tall she did look like she was mm-hmm. walking with like really high heels because they had to mm-hmm. well they held her and then there was the way she swayed i'm like those aren't her knees um i couldn't remember how much taller she was in the. Gym. i love I it just- yeah because she was moving about almost like it was a dance number like they were moving together like she was flowing um trying to get her legs you know because this is the first she's looking suddenly she's startled she's um but when she moves she moves with a grace even though she is a monster too and you can see her scars are more aesthetic you know <laughs> hers are along the john line instead of random the way that he saw like they took a lot of care to make sure that the monster's bride was going to be beautiful and gorgeous and stunning and where it just really didn't matter with the dude because that's how that's how it goes like she's a 10 and he's like oh like a one but in his heart he's got a heart of gold Dalia. <laughs> yeah forget the murderous side he had a heart of gold <laughs> um so once she meets frankenstein though she starts hissing she starts hissing at him i love and, that sound uh, and yeah it, oh i forget oh i read somewhere what she copied she copied the the hissing of something and i can't remember what it was uh, maybe we'll find out here we'll remember here in a little bit but um so she was hissing at him and then she screams and she did that a few times and frankenstein's monster takes offense to it which i totally get it it was really sad um and she does it enough that Frankenstein's monster, Frank Jr. over here, realizes like, you know, we're monsters. We can't continue to live, you know. And he, he Frankenstein is over here like, and his his fiance shows up. Um, she's okay now. Um, she got away. Uh, and we see them being shooed out by Frank Jr. He's like, no, you need to live. You Go on, go live. He's like, He's like living, what is, I can't remember what he said. Dead is good. Maybe I remember that from earlier in the movie. He was talking about for himself, Frankenstein's monster was saying, living is bad, dead is good. And that made me so sad. But so when he was shooing Frankenstein out with his fiance, he said something similar, but in different words. He was saying, go live. And he says, we need to die. And so he kept Pretorius in the room with him as he uh, as he exploded the entire uh, this entire laboratory, which it was it was really interesting because he chose to keep Pretorius in there with him and he chose to save Frankenstein, even though Frankenstein had a hand in him being alive, the life that he didn't want. But he kept Pretorius in there with him. he saw Pretorius as the, as the evil one, which he was. <laughs> but it's just kind of interesting that, you know, he chose to let Frankenstein live and he keeps the woman, the bride in there with him as he destroys the whole place. And these three, you know, maybe die. Who knows? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, the 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 famous line is we belong dead. That is the 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 line which is so like you made it too sad. It's great. It's wonderful because it was he sad. realized he was 
amazing that he could grasp all that. Like he learned that on his own like that. And he still had compassion because he's like, you made me. Well, I will, I, I, we both realize what I am. So let's just end this. But also he sees that this bride is just going to suffer like him too. So he might as well get rid of everybody in the room. And it was interesting because he's like, don't touch that because it will, uh, turn everything into atoms or explode us into atoms or whatever, you know, here's the science of the time or whatever. But um, they get to get away and they explode. And I love the whole science lab. Where was that lab? Was that Pretorius's lab? I don't know. I, I, I don't remember if they tell us or if they show us. I assumed it was Frankenstein's this whole time. I don't know. Yeah, because I don't I don't know where they at. But it was even better than the first one. The I guess you can't really compare. But in the first one, it was amazing. And then this one, uh, the bringing the bride to life scene with all of the electricity and those big machines and everything was mesmerizing. That's really what my, my point was. It was mesmerizing. I couldn't turn away. I thought it was so fucking cool. <laughs> Uh, that they did that at that time. This is like 1939. And they had built this huge stage with mechanical moving parts and the sound. I always really into like the sound design of these things. And that was, it still looks, it looks incredible. It stands time. It's timeless. Um, I really think everybody needs to watch it if they haven't seen it. Because I think I'm just going to keep watching it for a little while. Do it all back to back do them together i don't know do you like it better than the first one i i like them back to back i think if you mm -hmm. watch them back to back i think they're they're really good interestingly you mentioned the sound um i don't know if you're talking about the music of it but the music mm. um they was enjoyed so much that it was reused in two different movies i can't remember what the second movie was but it was oh my god the first movie just slipped my mind uh <laughs> Oh my God. I completely forgot what the first movie was. I actually remembered the first it's movie. It's random. I, I did. I know one of them and I can't think of it right now. Oh crap. I can't think of it. We're, to mm. we're totally brain farting here. We'll yeah, I can't out remember. Here in a second. Uh huh. Uh, you look it up real quick. Yeah, I'll look it up. Yeah, you look it up real quick. So the movie was uh, earned approximately $2 million for the studio. Um, and it was, uh, which is uh, 16.1 million. Sorry, it was 33.8 million in today's money, which I found really interesting. Um, did you find the Did you find the movie yet? Oh my God, I wish I could remember. This is killing me. This is absolutely killing me that I can't remember what it is. Um, so the film was critically praised upon its relief, release, not relief, Although some reviewers did qualify their opinions when they said it was a good movie, like good entertainment of its kind, um, a good tale mm. of its kind, uh, a joy for those who can appreciate it. That's like, why can't you just yeah. say it's a good movie? That's Are like, they nagging it? Down. I think they're trying to <laughs> see. I think what they're trying to do is is uh, make themselves seem above it. Um, if I remember correctly, the time, yeah, it was the time uh, was one of the uh, one of the reviews that didn't qualify it at all. They just said it was a, a good movie, as did. Ooh, what was the other one? I can't remember. My my memory is just shit right now. Um, Flash Gordon. 
Flash Gordon oh. was one of the I movies. was going to tell you. I was letting you think of it because I actually found it. It was Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers serials starring Buster Crab. So it was two different series. And um, that's how amazing it was. The, so- the sound, the music, the sound design, the whole thing, the, the electricity sounds, the whirring, everything is, it was great. It builds up and it, it was very climactic. It was amazing. I always, oh, I thought I was muted for a second there, but I wasn't. Okay, carry on. Were you, were you, <laughs> did you think you were talking to yourself right now, Alma? Is that yes, it? I was. <laughs> oh, now you are muted. Okay, just making sure now. Um, okay, so that was the movie. Uh, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. If you, uh, you know, we didn't spoil anything. This movie is was in 1935 so you if you didn't know how this movie ended i mean that's totally on you <laughs> yeah yeah you come on guys <laughs> it, it's old and so it's almost like a hundred years old oh my yeah okay so it it was though i think of the classic movies like the old black and white the old horror it is it's much it has way more horror in it than most of the black and white movies the things that are implied are still very creepy because they don't show those things but you know that they're violent you know that that there's a lot of killing in this movie um it does have to do with like you know movie but can you imagine like back then people were so put off at the thought that they didn't even want to see a movie where the where the implication was that they were assembling people from dead body parts i mean that's why they used to have to do everything so quietly in medical schools and what they did because most people were like disturbed by the fact that you were um performing autopsies or whatever it was so this to me i loved it because it's like the the body count was high um the the scary monster ends up not being so scary and who ends up looking more like a creep is that pretorius guy he's the one who really comes off as the monster in this one like he really he takes him down with him at the end but he needed to because they killed that girl they killed a girl for her heart and it's like why didn't you just brainwash a girl to be the mate if you needed it so bad instead of killing the woman for her heart like you killed people to make another life it didn't even make sense you know so he was a super bad guy and i think that henry kind of um what's the word he made up for it like I don't know. Well, not really, because he was still See, I don't with agree. the lady dying. Yeah. 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 He yeah. was he was okay with that. And I still think at the end he was acting evilish. But I think uh uh Frank Jr. there had a soft spot soft spot a soft spot in his heart for him because he was his dad, he was his creator. So that's why he let him go so that he can go off and be with his bride to be. Um and like I said, it's it's just really sad. Um, but yeah, go watch it if you haven't. And if you have watched it, rewatch it. Uh, watch the first one. Watch the second one back to back. I think uh, that's the best way probably to watch it. So that way um, you can enjoy them both. Because I don't think of one as better than the other. I think they're both good as standalone pictures, especially because you do get that um, recap, the recap in the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're great. Yeah, exactly. So watch it or don't. Listen to us spoil it. <laughs> You already did. You already did. You already yeah. listened to us spoil it. So. You already listened to it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, You're listening right now. You heard it all. <laughs> so uh, if you want to tell us what you thought about this movie, Alma, where can people find us on the interwebs? Uh, you can visit us on nightmaremoviepodcast.com. You can check out our Instagram page at nightmaremoviepodcast. 
Our Twitter is at Nightmare on Fifth. That's Nightmare on 5th. We write stuff over on horrormovieblog.com. And our Twitter for that is at horrormovieblog. And Thali has our Patreon and buy me a coffee information. So Patreon is patreon.com slash nightmare movie podcast. And our buy me a coffee is buymeacoffee.com slash nightmare pod. And okay, that's it for this episode. Bride of Frankenstein. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as we did. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.